Welcome everybody to episode 230 of the A Show. I am Mills, and we are. <laughs> Justin always says this. I'm, I'm very. I'm, we're, we are the kings of pro wrestling podcasting, and I am here with one of the kings. It's like if, if they if we had to do like the kings of comedy, the kings of black pro wrestling podcast. You know, you'd be there, right, Greg? I hope so. <laughs> I, I really do. Somewhere way off in the north. Where, where would you rather be, Cedric DL? Steve Harvey, Bernie Mac, which one would you rather be? I mean, listen, Bernie was the funniest, so I would rather be Bernie if he's, because, <laughs> you know, he's the star. He's the star of the show. But if, if I'm being honest with myself, I'm Steve Harvey. I, I, facilitate, okay. I facilitate between the the other kings. Um, Absolutely. Know, I'm, I'm polarizing. <laughs> I can always be found in a suit. Little bit controversial. I mean, don't care. I mean, don't care, and that's the best part about it. I mean, to be honest with you, I th- I'm learning that myself. Like just being on this Twitter thing and now having like some sort of platform that my takes are wildly controversial, and someone will be commenting in my mentions about something, and I'm just like, wow. It kind of makes me want to stop tweeting as much about wrestling, right? Um, then, then I remember that I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Like, realistically, and I think that's the best, I guess, course of action for everybody who's kind of, like, over... You, you'll you have days where you're like, I'm over this shit. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. just realize at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You don't care. Like, they're not going to do anything. Right, because people will try to be like, oh, you're a mark, or you're this, or you're that. And I'm just like, and you follow me. So as as far down the totem pole do you think I am? You're even further down <laughs> because yet you check for my opinions. Like I'm not gonna remember you exist after this if you want to come at me. So you know it is what it is. This is not the energy that we should probably start it off at this early in the morning, but we're here nonetheless. <laughs> I know. Listen, of course, I am. haters get me <laughs> like this. <laughs> of course, I'm joined by Stag Guy Greg of the Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, listen. We're here. This is a big week in wrestling. There's a lot to talk about, a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff. But I just kind of want to catch up on you, man. We haven't, I haven't, you haven't been on the show since like, I think it was the WrestleMania show last year. Yeah. Um, long time. So, what's been up with you since? How are you feeling? How's everything going? Um, did you get, was, am I, Am I right? Like you got married in that period, right? Like I'm not bugging like you got married before married WrestleMania. That, I, no, I got married bef- after WrestleMania. I got married in November. So the wedding was scheduled um, for 2020, November. And mm. then obviously COVID, COVID hit. Everybody obviously. had to, everybody had to push their shit back. So then we ended up getting married in November, 2021. Um, cheap Heat moved to Spotify. We're a ringer podcast now um it's not exclusively on spotify you can still get us at wherever you get your podcast but um if you can use that spotify link <laughs> you know what i'm saying 
if you must, if there is yeah. a preferred method that they have, it's yeah. Spotify. If if you care enough to use a different platform, by all means, uh, you can just still find us at the at the Ring of Wrestling show. And if you search Cheap Heat, we're still easy to find. But if if it doesn't matter to you, use the Spotify link, please, because um, yeah. that's where we're at now. That's our that's our new home. And then you know, just trying to work, maintain. Um, you know, trying to avoid the COVID. I got my three shots. I don't Listen, know. Whenever it's time for for me to get another booster, I'm gonna get another one. It didn't just keep going like that. We we still rocking, baby. Come on, this is the, this is a very like this is the black man conversation. Yo, I'm still. You know, we just out here. We just trying to maintain. We just living, (laughs) maintaining all this other shit like that, man. This shit is crazy. Um, this week, of course, if you, I mean, obviously, you don't hear Justin's voice. Justin is. I don't even know if I can technically call it a vacation. He's at work in (laughs) in another country. He's in Barcelona right now. Um, hey, sounds like a good gig. Sounds like a good gig. to be honest with you, I could probably call him. He's only five hours ahead. Um, but we're just gonna let him do his thing in Barcelona and then live his life. He said he watched Raw at one again. I'm not gonna he watched Raw at one in the morning. Um <laughs> because he couldn't sleep. So that's funny as fuck that you guys over there get raw at all hours of the fucking morning. Yeah, I they, can't do it. They get it live. They get it live. <laughs> I, I mean, but crazy. at least it's live, right? <laughs> like No, true. But nah. Yeah, I could never in in my life. I would just have to watch Raw when I come up. But yeah, he's over there, so of course I'm not. I mean, no no stranger to being co-host of the show. It's that guy Greg, someone you know, I trust deeply in the in the with the show with the A show and stuff like that. A show certified, like the 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 ghost guest host, um, like the third guest host that's really I, there, I, man. So third mic, man. So I appreciate you joining, man. I appreciate I, you. And you just caught me because if if you needed to do this tomorrow, I would also be in Barcelona. <laughs> so, <laughs> yo, what is it? All right, so you is there something going on there? A festival or like a? I don't know why J Five is there. I, I don't know. <laughs> I hope hopefully I can catch him while he's while we're both over there. But I don't know why he's over there. Um, I'm going for my friend's 40th birthday, so he just decided like the world's opening up a little bit more. We all got our three shots. Might as well try to do something. Listen, go to Barcelona because it is getting. Listen, yeah, it gonna, it might come back. So exactly, <laughs> while it's might good, well. while it's good now, get it while you can. Exactly, <laughs> because might as well it, make it feel like forty, man. Because it's either this or or lockdown again. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, let's get in the holes barred because we got quite a bit to talk about today. There's a lot of good news. There's a lot of bad news. Yeah. Um. But uh, I think what we're gonna kick off with is uh, saying goodbye, man, to the to one of the most legendary wrestlers of, the, I guess, the modern era, man, Scott Hall. Um, some of you may know him as Razor Ramon. I know there's a good amount of people who know him as Razor Ramon, like my parents and and people who are just kind of casual watchers and stuff like that. But Scott Hall, fortunately, you know, passed away yesterday um, as we're recording this, and. Man, it's tough. It's tough to... You've been podcasting for a while. Yeah. I've been podcasting for a while. And 
it never kind of gets easy when you, especially doing a wrestling podcast, when someone who you watch and idolize growing up passes away and you kind of have to like talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it, you realize like, I, it's it just, you know, I don't know. Not that it's just like this morbid thing, but it's just like, it, it doesn't get easier. And it's like, I'm, I'm glad, you know, let me start off with this actually. Um, I was watching something, I think it was Jesus and Mero show with Denzel was on it. And he said something about how the gift is, you know, it's not really yours. It's bestowed upon you and it's your, and it's your job to kind of like use it for good. And he says something along those lines of like, you can't take it with you, but you can absolutely leave it. And I think that's so much prominent for, I guess, the career of Scott Hall, of what he left on the wrestling business. I would say, in terms of, like, wrestling, it's hard to be a cool wrestler. It's very hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, Especially when it looks like you're trying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's very hard. I see it every, I see it every Wednesday night, someone trying to be a cool wrestler. <laughs> I don't mean to make it an agenda. I don't mean to make it an agenda, but I see it every Wednesday night of people trying to be cool wrestlers. But there's, you can't teach cool, man. You just got to be it. And Scott Hall was absolutely cool, man. The man made me think he was Cuban for a majority of my life. Yeah, for a, a long time. Until, <laughs> until the legal system made him say, no, sir, you have to drop this accent now. They're getting you confused with Razor Ramon. And that is not a WCW <laughs> character. Stop it. Oh. oh my God. I mean, there's something word to that, man. Like just the journey that he's been on over the last number of years. And I think you know, it's kind of also weird because I finished the XA diaries on our Patreon feed. So I'm talking, we're talking about Scott Hall and we're kind of talking about his last run in WWE, which wasn't good, to be honest with you. I'm just gonna be completely honest. It wasn't a great run. And it kind of ended pretty shortly he was not here for very long as the yeah, it wwe brief, right it was like a few months and then i think he yeah. got cut out of the video game that came out a little bit later that had oh yeah hogan and and nash and and uh six in it xbox six yeah 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 no you're right you're absolutely right that's crazy oh my god he wasn't shut your mouth huh um but you know i think even then i mean you look at what he's con- look at what his mind has kind of contributed even since then, and you it, it proves that you can not have a place in the wrestling business, but you can still kind of contribute and still kind of spread even the stories that he shared and the and the knowledge that he gives. I know um, a number of years ago he was working in the PC with almost on t- and like just working a big man style and teaching him how to be cool and other stuff like that. It's like he isn't dealt, you know, he just has a f- footprint, a fingerprint on the business of like the 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 coolest wrestler there, man. And what are your, what are your, any of memories you have of Scott Hall? I know you're probably going to talk about this on cheap heat as well, but do you have any kind of memories about Scott Hall or just anything you want to share? Yeah. I mean, you said it all. And I think everybody's going to circle around to saying the same thing is that he was just like the coolest, the coolest wrestler ever. Um, He's among everybody's one of everybody's favorites for, for exactly that reason, whether you've been watching, for a decade before you see you saw Razor Ramon, or if that was 
when you were a kid or if you were born after that and you went back and you got to see um, Scott Hall and Razor Ramon, he just had like an effortless swag about him. And I know, you know, these days there's a debate going around about WWE superstars versus pro wrestlers. And, and Scott Hall is undoubtedly one of the best pro wrestlers ever. But what made him a pro is not the snobby, high highbrow thing that these fans are all talking about of like, oh, he can do a dozen moves or, or, or ten dozen moves or or this and that. Like Scott Hall about had about five moves. But he was <laughs> a pro wrestler because he made money. And that's also what made him a superstar. So if there's anybody whose life and career you can look to to say, listen, there's really no difference between this thing when everybody tries to get on their high horse, it's Scott Hall. Like, he just had it. You know, I was talking about this somewhere, too, with J5. Once we heard the news about him in the hospital and stuff like that, and I was like, you know what's crazy is that he never got a world title run, and I guess overall he was still fine with it, and his career was absolutely fine. Because I think of this like generation that we have now, and it's not really to shoot on this generation, but it's like this generation we have now of like fans and wrestlers who believe that if they never even got a world title run, they were misused. And you look at, I mean, I'm sure that was maybe a conversation re- regarding Razor Ramon back in the 90s, but when you look at like 20, 25 years, 30 years later, you realize that like realistically, he's still a legend, whether he had a world title or not. It's kind of just a superstar. It's the persona. It's the way you got lost when he, when, when you know, he portrayed this character when he was in the ring and you kind of lost yourself in the moment. And it's the moments and it's the the matches and kind of everything. I mean, the one, two, three kid, Shawn Michaels, ladder match, intercontinental title reigns, WCW. It's about the mark that he made on the business. And you didn't need you don't necessarily need a world title to make that thing. Like it's not being misused or anything. And I think Scott Hall is a great example of that. I mean, and then he was like you said, he was about making money. He was he was in yeah. the business of professional wrestling and he understood that. Um and I think that's one of the one of the most eye-opening things kind of about him and what him and I think what him and what I've learned from him and Kevin Nash probably the most out of anybody um, is the business aspect. And yeah, my heart goes out to Kevin Nash because I know I read that, you know, Instagram. Yes. I read that Instagram thing and it was wild because I read it. I was listening to Be With You by Mary J. Blige and I was just like, man. Oh, you went all the way into the feels. Bruh, I, it was it, it was just on shuffle. I was on a Mary J. Blige kick, and I read it at the same time, and I was like, "Yo, what, man? I'm, it's just a lot, man." Scott Hall, incredible, legendary, iconic, cool, um, yeah, just man. everything, man. Um, and so and you know, just to like, just to put a bow on it for people who think it's be over, like Scott Hall cut the same promo for I don't know how many weeks in a row, <laughs> like week after week. Survey set, like, did y'all come here to see WCW <laughs> or did you come here to see NWO? Survey says, and he, <laughs> he ran that never into the ground, but he, like, who else could get away with that? Didn't Absolutely, you really switch man. it up at all? Didn't just just this it's the same bar for bar, the same one 
week after week and people people lost their mind people love to see it and and i don't think i don't think anything encapsulate just how cool and, and how great he was more than that that he didn't have to do it that many moves he didn't have to win that much he didn't even have to really change up his promo and he was still still far and away the man absolutely you know rest in peace man scott hall you yeah, you wanted the kings bro um <laughs> I don't know why I have this next on the docket. I might split this up. You know what? I'm going to split this up with some good news and then go back. Because I have something next on the docket that's just going to completely take the air out of a couple things. Um, So the next thing I want to announce is Charmel is now being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Um. I'm I'm clapping it up for real because to be honest with you, I mean, it was a surprise to me, but it's also to me, I also am like, okay. Um, because I think people, there's, you know, there's a polarizing thing. And I think it's really from fans who, um, view the hall of fame as some sort of a, you know, uh, they view it as some sort of validation on someone's career or non-validation. So they, they do don't see Victoria every, every year. And I'm like, yo, you don't even watch it. <laughs> like you don't even watch it. They view it as like. WWE's invalidating the career of like a Jazz or Victoria or any other women's wrestlers that come through. And I'm like, it can be, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be that way. And I'm sure WWE has plenty of more Hall of Fame to go. But Charmelle is an amazing, (laughs) she's like beyond just WWE Hall of Fame. She's a Hall of Fame worthy person just in general. Like King Booker is there. Queen Charmelle needs to be there also. Let's just get it. Let's absolutely right, right now. Because that character that we all love, and will pop for to this day does not hit the same if it's just King Booker, even if he still has all those other Europeans with, with him. If he still has Regal and still has Finley, that character does not land the same without Queen Charmel. So if and King Booker is a Hall of Fame worthy run right there. Absolutely. So, so if he if he's in She's in. Like there's just no there's no other way around it. Look at the family. They got three Hall of Fame rings, bro. <laughs> like right. And- between the both of them. Like, listen, Charmel, listen, she's first of all, valedictorian of her high school class. Graduated from Spelman College with a degree in mathematics and bioengineering, which is hard as fuck, just in general. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, became Miss Black America. Was a backup dancer for James Brown. Um, became a Nitro Girl. Um, began signing WWE as a developmental, you know, wrestler. She tore her ACL, lateral meniscus, and joint capsule, and just decided, you know what? Never mind. Oh my <laughs> um, god! Yeah, it, to be honest with you, I if I'm Miss Black America and I tear everything from my t- from it seems like the top of my leg to the bottom. Yeah, it's clap for that. Yeah. Um, but but still, as a character, I mean, she's Queen Charmel. She's there with Booker T. She's in part of reality of wrestling um, and helps run that. She's a mother. She's everything. And you're asking yourself, like, I mean, there are going to people who ask yourself, like, but what does that have to do with wrestling? It's like, yo, the WWE Hall of Fame is better for having her in it. <laughs> exactly. Like, it, it, 
it, it looks better having someone of that. You look at the WWE Hall of Famers. I think there's Kid Rock in there. Um, we got Donald Trump. We got all types of people that's in there. We got another person. We're going to talk about it pretty soon. I just wanted to break up the news. <laughs> but <laughs> we got... You look at that sort of thing, and as a black woman, and managing to do this, and I think what's so inspirational about <clears throat> just being a black woman being inducted in the Hall of Fame and and being able to boast a lot of those things and saying like, "Yo, even as a wrestler, you can be more than one thing, and you can be educated, and you can be um, motivated. You can be a businesswoman. You can be a mother. You can be all the other stuff, and you can still have an you know an impact on this business." And she personifies that to a T, man. Like, Queen Charmelle is a queen in every sense of the word, bro. Yeah, and this is the thing that people don't get to, right? Which is why I say all the time, smart marks are fucking stupid, right? Because (laughs) the Hall of Fame, they evaluate everybody with one criteria. And no other Hall of Fame does that, right? Mm -hmm. You got the Baseball Hall of Fame. If they say such and such a pitcher is going into the Baseball Hall of Fame, you're not going to mm-hmm. talk about, you know, how how they did in the outfield and this and that and 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 you know how many at bats they or what they what they on base percent. Right, they're a fucking pitcher. You know what I mean? <laughs> Football Hall of Fame. If a defensive lineman goes in, you're not going to talk about oh they didn't throw any touchdowns. About you understand that what their position is and that they played it and how well they played it. And, uh, and I'm going to circle back to my first point as a manager, Queen Charmel helped. Like I'm, the, I'm not gonna say she made the King Booker character because Booker also held his own, but absolutely, it only reaches a certain level. It, it only gets but so high without Queen Charmel. So as a manager, does she have Divas Championship wins or Women's Championship wins? And is she in any matches? No. But as a manager, her position, her role that she was there to play, which everybody's not there to play the same role in the Hall of Fame, which is why mm-hmm. you get a guy like a Coco Beware in with no mm-hmm. championships and accolades because when it came down to what he's there to do, for the business of WWE at the time, Hall of Fame status. Absolutely. Same thing she with managed Booker T when he was U.S. champion, when he was world champion. His only, I mean, yes, his only world championship run, she's right there by his side. She, the, yeah. the character, that, 2000, that 2005, 2006 era of SmackDown, which is held, to be honest with you, it, it didn't register in my mind until I saw younger people talking about it, which now was like, damn, I'm kind of old. But yeah. that era of SmackDown is like great. Like when I when I remember listening to when I remember seeing Cardi B's tweet about wrestling and her just shouting out all these wrestlers, I'm like, yo, she was really like in like post 2004, maybe like 2004, 2006. Like she was in it. Like yeah. she was watching that, and that's her era of SmackDown. And I was like, yo, it's an era of SmackDown that and there's so many legendary Hall of Famers that come out of that era now. And you know what? Queen Charmelle is one of them. Queen Charmelle, Queen in every sense of the word, deserves to be there. I'm not gonna you should be ashamed of yourself if you're shitting on anyone for trying to be there. Um I think no. It, yeah, she she deserves it, man. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um whew, okay, glad we got to break up this news. Hulk Hogan. 
<laughs> Hulk Hogan, and I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Um, the H Man, um, yeah. the the bad one, but the Hulk Hogan contemplates what his legacy will be decades from now, when it's all you know, when it's all said and done. He says, when all the smoke clears, ten, fifteen, twenty, fifty years from now, they'll have to at least acknowledge and say only one thing that they can think of because they won't remember what I did or remember what Jericho and rock did. Oh, he was just the greatest ever. Like they do gorgeous George. They just throw it out there. It's a one liner to describe something. That's probably what it's going to end up at. That's an ego thing. It's just being on TV for so long and people know me. That will probably be the legacy for the general public. For me, it was just a great time. We changed the business, helped a lot of people. I probably did it too long because I crippled myself, but it was a lot of fun. What will be the legacy of Hulk Hogan so wait, in I, your eyes, Greg? I didn't read the, the quote or the article. I just laughed at the head. Does he think it's going to boil down to the N-word tape? Does he know this for a fact? Because that's what it's going to be. <laughs> I hope he knows this. I think he feels strongly that his legacy on the business will be just that in the business. Um, oh, when no, it's no, all no, said no, and no, done. No, friend. <laughs> it's definitely different i mean his legacy is that for me to be honest with you yeah. the things he said on that tape once again can't be erased from my mind and just the way that he used it and the things that he said about it mm-hmm. um it, it completely stands in the time especially this comes in the majority after his career this is not like it came in the beginning of his career and he tried to figure it out all afterwards this came in, so he had all these kind of notions and thoughts and all after the fact, all for the years he was wrestling, for the years he was, we were hooking up. I'm still, I watched WrestleMania 18 the other day with J5. It's on the Patreon. Um, XA Diaries? We watched WrestleMania, yeah, XA Diaries. It's the final episode of the XA Diaries. So we watched WrestleMania 18. It was an incredible, tremendous match. But in the back of my mind, it still cannot be erased of what the, the right. N-word thing. And and that's like the legacy of Hulk Hogan. I'll understand what he meant to the wrestling business at that time. But overall, it's just going to stick in my mind. I was like, yo, this guy was a <laughs> big racist Yeah, and <laughs> at here's the, the end of the day. And here's the thing that he doesn't realize is going to sour it, right? Generations get more and more progressive and less and less mm-hmm. tolerant of, of intolerance. So you have a guy who straight up said, like, uh, for example, right? Let's take John Wayne, legendary actor in his day, revered, mm-hmm. still on a pedestal from some people who might have seen John Wayne do what he did, changed Hollywood. He was big mm-hmm. everywhere. Everybody got a John Wayne impression. Everybody got a John Wayne story if you lived through that era. And then here we are born, you know, years after his heyday, and we don't give a fuck about John Wayne. Because (laughs) John Wayne was a racist. White people don't even put on the cape and fly the flag for John Wayne anymore. Because everybody has moved on from John Wayne. And if Hogan there wants bigger to, stars in the business, listen, The Rock is my Hogan. <laughs> right. No, for real. Even even like next generation, they like, oh, well, we have James Dean. You hear more about James Dean 
You hear more about him more right. fondly than than the John Wayne. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, if Hogan wants to peek at what his legacy is going to be, he he should look to John Wayne, and and think about the fact that the only thing that's going to keep him on that pedestal that he thinks he's going to stay at for the next century is that a real apology might might go a long way. It might be too little, too late, but um. Without it, he's he's going the way of John Wayne, and that the Absolutely. people that care about him, he's gonna that that number is gonna get smaller and smaller, especially as the business changes. Because mm-hmm. right, he, he changed the business, right? But then he changed it again, and he wasn't even the first one to change the business, right? So like, right. the business is gonna change. You had you had your moment. You had two moments, but then Stone Cold had a moment. And then The Rock had a moment. And then Cena had a long moment. And now, you know, Brock is having a moment. Roman Reigns is having a moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not doing what... Gets... You, yeah. You get, the distance between your, what you did is getting greater and greater, that gap. And you, if you want to hold your spot and protect your legacy, there's steps that you could take to do it that you haven't. But if, without doing that, you go in the way of John Wayne, bro. Like, there's no, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. <sighs> absolutely absolutely so yeah i'll go again that's your legacy pretty much uh you're going the way of john wayne um before i get to the big e news just want to say um there's reports that braun breaker from nxt might be headed to the main roster sooner than later i think it's a little too soon but if they i mean i think he's probably going to be around he got the pedigree i think enough to be able to adapt to the situation, he'll grow there. I still think it's too soon, but I see what they see in Braun Breaker. Like, um, he has the look. All he needs is, I guess, the they just sprinkle on a little bit more on him. Um, but he he lost the NXT title last Wednesday to Dolph Ziggler. Couldn't which, believe it. <laughs> I, I was like, yo, still can't believe that Dolph Ziggler is the NXT champion right now. As we you know. When they do stuff like that, I always have it in the back of my mind, and it might be the person in me that just loves chaos and loves to see the world burn a little bit. Um, so it was always in the back of my mind. So when it happened, I laughed because <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is fantastic. Um, but to see him, even you know, Dolph Ziggler as NXT champion is crazy. But Braun Breaker, he was on TV last week. I'm sure you know they have some plans they want to do with him, and they see the feature in him and all the other stuff like that. Still might be too soon. He's really been wrestling in WWE for less than a year. Um, what makes it too soon, though? I think it makes it too soon of just being able to de- I think development as a overall comfortable in ring performer. I think being able to be in any situation and being able to adapt no matter what's thrown at you um, makes it too soon. And I look at someone that we're probably going to talk about next. And maybe that's the extreme of too soon because it still it still was an accident. But being able to adapt in kind of any situation, no matter what's kind of thrown in front of you, whether it's good or whether it's bad, the, the ability to turn chicken, sa- you know, chicken shit into chicken salad is something that I still think... Um, Still requires a little bit of development, in my opinion. Okay, I mean, yeah, I, I'm starting to have this realization that I don't even know what I'm looking for. <laughs> so, yeah. So if they say, no, you're right. If they say he's ready, because I, I had this realization when, um, and this might be more appropriate for the next 
the next news topic. But when Montez Ford, you know, landed on Randy Orton and everybody was like, oh, oh no, what happened? Blah, blah, blah. And they had to sort of stop the match last week. or I guess it was two weeks mm-hmm. ago. And I was just like, you know, it, it's been easy for me as a fan to say who made the mistake and evaluate and blah, blah, blah. But the more I'm more realizing that there's so much sleight of hand that goes into it that a lot of this stuff does boil down to to just freak freak accidents. Yeah. Um, and then in the case of Braun Breaker, it's just like if if they are saying he's ready after seeing him in the PC and and like you said, he has this pedigree and and you know we all know that generational multi generational talents are people who have a background a familial background mm-hmm. with us and they just pick it up quicker. I don't know what it is, but if if they're saying he's ready. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he's ready until something something shows me otherwise, and it wouldn't even be no. You're right. You know what what the typical fan is looking for. It's gonna be if he's not clicking for me, then I'll just say you know I enjoyed him more in NXT maybe, and maybe he should. yeah, pretty <laughs> much know? yeah. Let's leave it there. To be honest with you, you're right. Um, <laughs> um, let's talk about the last bit of no holds barred news before we head into the weekly shows. Big E. I mean, it, it, it segues into the weekly shows, but Biggie has a broken neck. Um, after the events on SmackDown this week, he was wrestling in a tag team match, which we will talk about a little bit for a certain person's debut. Um, he was wrestling in a tag team match, took an overhead belly to belly from Ridge Holland, landed on his head and his neck, and was, you know, pretty much after that, was not seen in the match at all. Um, and then he revealed himself on, you know, on Twitter, which is like, it's nice. Um, not necessarily, I don't want to think that it's like, it's needed as a wrestling fan. I'm just like, you need to give us updates on them. Um, but it was nice that he did it and he shared it just, just because everyone that was showing him love and everyone that he knows, I guess, is worried about him. Um, but he revealed on Twitter via a video in a complete neck brace in a hospital in Birmingham, Alabama, which I guess is the best. If you're going <laughs> to, he said it on the video, but if you're going <laughs> to yeah. break your neck, <laughs> it's true. that's where they were going to send him anyway. Them. That's where they were yeah. going to send him anyway. Let's be honest. That's those, yeah, he was on the first thing to Birmingham <laughs> to that doctor. I, you, I can't remember the doctor's name but he's everybody's been going to him for the past 20 years so that's yeah so if you're gonna break your neck that's the place to go and sure enough he's there um man just you know a lot of support a lot of support thrown biggie's way and it's it's truly it's beyond just um beyond just um company lines or anything it's like everyone in the wrestling business wishes well for biggie that's a great mark you're leaving on the wrestling business to be honest with you um just just as a performer when everyone loves you and wishes you well and you know sorry that thing happened visiting him in the hospital during covid um and all this other stuff like that like yeah man like what were your thoughts man when all of this kind of went down greg um, I was I didn't see the suplex. I just happened to like turn away and then turn back, and then I noticed he was gone. And then I saw the tweets of like, "Yo, that looks scary." I saw that shit, and I was like, "Yo, he landed on." It was like throwing a water bottle that's completely filled and landing right on top of it, and it all scrunches down. Like I knew that it just looked bad, and I could see him on the ground briefly for the brief second they showed him, and mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I think he was just doing the, can I feel my fingers? Can I feel my toes? Can I feel all that? And I guess he could um, because yeah. he put a thumbs up uh, as a 
But, you know, people looking at Rich Holland certain way. Um, yeah. I think it's an accident. It's definitely a freak accident, but it doesn't uh, look good on his career. It does just not. early in his career. Um, but also, he's been the victim of circumstance well, so I'm not even <laughs> like... He right, completely broke his nose. <laughs> and that's why I'm trying not to be too harsh on him, because like, like, like I said earlier, I don't even know what I'm looking at sometimes. Like, Pro wrestling is, is magic, and I know we feel like we're behind the curtain and we understand what's going on and, and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, but I'm realizing I don't, and I'm trying to have more grace in these situations where somebody's somebody's actually hurt. You know right. what I mean? So it, it, looked, it looked like to the untrained eye, which is I have two of those, it looks like <laughs> Ridge Holland's. Ridge Holland just dumped him on his neck. That's what it looked like. But um, right. but I really don't know, and 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 I'm not gonna. It's on a different all. surface. It's on it's on the outside. Right. Is a there's a lot of different things that go in about it. I'm not necessarily holding it against him. I will say it's definitely Same. a bet. Like if the I think if this is 20 years ago, he definitely gets a major amount of heat. Um, but maybe not, like, right? Because Owen Owen broke Stone Cold's neck about 20 years oh, ago. That's true. And, like. But the, everyone yeah. like respected Owen as a performer back then. They were like, okay, he's had years in the business, so he had that pedigree of like knowing that, okay, you know, he's a professional ball accident happened, and Rich Holland is new yeah. AF. Um, and but like like you said, like I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt in this situation because I don't necessarily want to write because I'm pretty sure he feels terrible in his own right, and I'm sure it was just an accident. There's no way that he meant to do all the other stuff. I've seen people sandbag. I watch. Um. Uh, what's hardcore Holly? Too many fucking times. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've watched that shit. Like, and I've seen it. And then I also saw, you know, I saw Brock did the exact thing that he was like, "You, you sure, motherfucker?" And literally snap him in two. But um, but yeah, I'm not trying to hold it against him. I don't. I'm you know, I don't like the discourse surrounding it. Of like if Biggie was in a better position, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I don't like I think that that's either. a terrible, nasty discourse. And I'm glad, you know, I'm glad pretty much that I'll, I'll you know, I'll just say this kind of openly. I'm glad, you know, public enemies, their account, shout out to them and just all the great work that they do. But I thought that tweet was in bad taste. And I'm glad that they took it down and they saw the errors of their ways because I think in a sense. I feel like in certain times, and this is something that we kind of carried and we, we all champion black, black wrestlers, but I think there's a time and place for everything. And I think just freak accidents like that, you can't contribute that to booking. And it's right. asinine if you do, to be honest with you. It's it's the furthest thing that anyone is thinking at the time of like, if Big E was still WWE champion, he wouldn't have broke his neck. I was like, what kind of weird time shit is that? What kind of weird time travel shit is that? Yeah, and it's, um, it's like, I mean, let's let's think about it, right? Because if Big E was w, still WWE champion, even wanna, that means, well, that, he, that, means that, that he retained just, the day one though, right? Right, right. I don't want to. I don't want to just single them out because a lot of people also thought yeah. that as well. Uh, yeah, they weren't the only it, I ones. Everywhere, and I was just like, this, this makes no sense. Because like, if he's still WWE champion, right? That means he wins at day one. That means he probably gets the rumble match at Brock, and that means that his shoulders probably hurt off of a German suplex and not Bobby Lashley's, right? Like, 
Right. You know, Bobby Lashley was in the main event and got injured. So, you know, it these things had to give happen. up the title. Whether it whether it was supposed to happen or not, it happened. Um and Bobby Lashley may or may not be on WrestleMania this year. We will we'll still kind of have to figure that out. I would love if he faced almost. Um but yeah, I mean, these kind of situations happen. So, Biggie, I mean, we all wish you the best. Obviously, everyone wishes you the best, man. The amount of, like, support you have. Like, you could build a whole village from that, man. You yeah, are man. beloved, bro. And I know he hates compliments because I've I've talked to them. <laughs> I know that he – I've complimented him just on this podcast. He was like, oh, well, you know. Ah. Um, people love <laughs> you, man. And I'm glad, you know – he says that it's just, you know, it's some breaks. It won't require surgery, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's the best um, news. And, and, you know, I don't want to say, like, this This is the, you know, good thing that happens. But some I, I do feel like everything happens for a reason. And I do think that sometimes certain things set us back to slow us down to kind of us to reset and build us, you know, build you back up again. I think everything, um, you know, I think he will be i don't want to say this i think he i think the rest is definitely beneficial in this time and situation especially as a wwe superstar and how hard you go and how hard he's gone since pretty much he was drafted to smackdown since he was drafted to smackdown he's been going intercontinental champion wrestlemania uh, money in the bank, WWE champion, tag teams, all this other stuff like that. The life of a professional wrestler is hard. And it's unfortunate these situations happen, but I think the best thing you can take from it is kind of rest, reevaluate, kind of look back at your life and kind of figure out, you know, reassess a lot of things. I think it, 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 it's done well for a lot of people who have suffered the same kind of fate in the business. I'm talking about Edge, Stone Cold, Lita, everyone who's kind of like, you know, suffered a similar injury. And uh, yeah, I, I wish you the best, Big E. Yeah, and fans, when he comes back, he's going to be hotter than, like, I, I can't even think of a proper analogy to, to describe just how, how over he's going to be when that music hits. I wanted to say Fish Grease, but that's because I watched too much Martin. I was going to say Fish um, Grease also, but that's because I'm black. Cause that's because I'm black as well, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into the weekly shows. You done changed the rules, boy. Roman, you done changed the game. You see, for the last six days, I drug my ass out of bed and look in the mirror. Get a good look at that, Roman. You don't change the rules, Roman. You don't draw first blood on Brock Lesnar and live to tell about it. You see, Roman, I'm here for blood tonight. I don't care about WrestleMania contracts. I don't care. about WWE titles. Robin, get your ass out here! 
SmackDown. SmackDown this week, I would say, very interesting show. Um, that's uh, that's probably the best way I could put it. Um, <laughs> yeah, succinct. <laughs> yeah, I can say that. I think their road to WrestleMania is not as dynamic as Raw's road to WrestleMania. Right, because it's um, a straight line, right? Is is it even seen? Yeah, like we know exactly <laughs> no. where we're going. There is no, I think even literally, I think the the women's championship program and the men's championship program are roughly doing the same thing <laughs> on the show because yeah. we, have, we have Brock Lesnar comes out. And I think Brock Lesnar, I mean, just the way he's involved himself in this character, I think he cut probably the best promo that he's had thus far just by himself from a, a standpoint of kind of understanding the stakes of this match. And understanding now this has become personal and flipping that switch on and just saying like, you know, um, just being very much so aware of the moment. I think we get lost in Brock sometimes as just like the monster and that's how he kind of sells himself. But him being able to realize the moment that he's in and just realize like, yo, this is kind of a threat. Like I really got my ass up at MSG. This isn't really not a game anymore. Um I think as he says to Roman Reigns, you don't change the game. You don't change the game, man. <laughs> and he, he he chucks that world championship. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I think that was a great icing on the cake. What do you yeah. think of this promo? Or just at least this this uh this program moving thus far? Yo, I like I like every single step that they've been taking towards towards getting us to WrestleMania for this program, right? Because I mean, as dominant as Roman has been, Brock has always been been the thorn in his side and and the 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 mountain in front of him like he's mm-hmm. never gotten past Brock in a way that was convincing and decisive and even you think back to that match they had at Crown Jewel I believe it was or I forget the name of the show but um when Heyman throws the universal, Crown Jewel yeah when Heyman throws the oh wait, championship wait. in the middle of the two of them and it's like yo the tribal chief still might not have what it takes to get past Brock but now. Now we see that even Brock in his head is like, listen, Roman Roman can get me. If the circumstances are right, Roman can Roman can get me. And and that's where this fury is coming from. So I like it, man. They keep adding just the right amount of heat to it. Every mm-hmm. Um He chases Paul Heyman in no other situation in the world where I believe that Paul Heyman can outrun Brock Lesnar. Uh, <laughs> but they managed well, to put a couple right? of things. Like, didn't, didn't some yeah, they managed to put now? a couple of things between them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so shout out to security, man. He barely, he barely got out of that building. Yeah, nah. Security really like tore him a, comp- a complete fucking new one. Um, like he mowed over people in the worst way possible, in the best way possible, in the Brock way possible. <laughs> um, so that was cool as fuck. Um, we got a call up on SmackDown this week. It's very rare that we get call ups right before WrestleMania. I consider this an anomaly. Yeah, like, I do too. I can't think of I can't think of one, especially this close. They, yeah, they've happened, but definitely not this close. I think when you when you look at the past call ups, I mean, we've seen Samoa Joe. We've seen, I think, 
briefly ricochet announced the black when they got called up with you know champa and gargano who eventually went back down but we've seen various things but yeah i don't there's nothing this close to wrestlemania this is like two weeks before wrestlemania pete dunn gets called up and he gets the name change he now goes by butch how do we feel about butch (laughs) i i don't know if i care about the name change yeah it feels like it's just a nickname too i mean i think they're just gonna call him butch but even Mm -hmm. even when they introduced him i think seamus and mcafee said like oh you know people know him by another name but this is what we call him we call him butch i'm like all right i guess i think this is the best pairing for him oh he's worked with rich holland in the past before yeah, he's worked with Rich Holland in the past. He's a hard-hitting like Sheamus, I think. Not that he needs to learn much from Sheamus, but he can. And then also, I think it adds... <clears throat> the the one problem with the Sheamus and Rich Holland collaboration was I always felt that Sheamus was carrying like 85% of the load. Like, as a performer, in ring, everything. It looked like he was kind of stringing Rich Holland along during this yeah. process. Now you add a, another guy who's completely capable. And you know that he's capable from the years that he's done it. And there's never in my mind, yo, coming from NXT UK, making that journey to the main roster, it's not easy at all. No. Um, and he was in NXT for a little bit, right? And then went back to you. Yeah. Is that what happened? And then yeah. back. he was in, they, they were doing the, before the pandemic, they were doing this. Okay, you're in NXT, NXT UK. It's all kind of one similar thing. Um, once the pandemic, he was stuck in the UK for a while, didn't get to wrestle. The first opportunity he was able to come back over, he did. Um, he was in NXT for pretty much the, I would say, over the last year or so. Um, yeah. And we've been begging for him to be called up. He's now called up as Bush. To be honest with you, the name change to me is a symbol that they're at least thought of something for you. Um, <laughs> like they at least he he's got the outfit down. He's got everything down. I'm sure they bought that. I don't know when he knew that he was gonna be called up, um, but he had the outfit down nonetheless. Looks still look pretty dapper. It still looks pretty menacing. Um, yeah. It looks like there's still somewhat a plan for you. It could have they could have just thrown you. Into, I look at other call ups like what they did recently with Zia, Zia Lee and and Aaliyah, and it's clear that they have no. Aaliyah just got the, the yo. World. You're here. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Zia Lee got the whole she got weeks of promo debuted and has not been used consistent has not been used consistently since. I think this is a way better spot for Pete Dunn, aka Butch now. And we're gonna call him Butch, you're gonna call him Butch. By the end of the year, you're gonna be calling him Butch. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, and like <laughs> I saw people freak out about the name change, but it's like, yo, do drop Cesaro, Biggie. We, f- we do this every time, and then ultimately it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't make us yeah. or hate anybody. Any Absolutely. You can look at the work that he does in the ring, and you're going to be like, yo, Butch got it, man. It, like, yeah. we, I think he's good. Um, To me, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey, their feud is spinning their wheels right now. I feel like there's no... There's been no thought or, or truly anything added to this feud, which has sorely needed it. Yeah, and I think they're resting on the name recognition um, mm-hmm. from both of them, but it's it's not going to be enough at the end of the day because no, even even with Charlotte going undefeated or, or extending her undefeated streak, I should say, against Ronda Rousey in the parking lot, it's still not enough <laughs> to give this feud the heat that it needs. 
It really isn't. And and the name recognition has gotten them as far as it's going to go. Um, hopefully the actual match makes us forget how terrible this build has been. But but where we sit right now is just like, I don't know. I really don't know. I need them to flip the switch in the worst way possible. I need them. I mean, we only got two weeks, so it really doesn't matter at this point. But I need them to flip the switch in the worst way possible because I truly do believe that we can get something. Um, you can, if you put a story under it, you can get something, especially for Ronda Rousey. Ronda is not just a fighter. Like, give her the opportunity to perform. Um, it's not may not be her strong suit, but you got to perform as a WWE superstar. You can't just rest on the name. You can't rest on these promos, these back and forths, and all this other she stuff. She certainly like that. cannot give rest her... on those promos. She no. <laughs> she certainly cannot. Like making fun of her because she's a mother and you're not is like, all right, that's a little hanging fruit. Like build into a little bit of the insecurities or vulnerability or anything like that, that she may be feeling in this moment and build off of that. I remember last year there was a feud between Bailey and Bianca Belair. And I think probably the strongest moment of that feud, it happened in the Thunderdome. And it was weird because they actually used the Thunderdome in a wild way of having Bailey prey on the insecurities of Bianca just being freshly new at this moment and then having Bailey's on face all over the th- yeah. laughing I was like that is incredible shit like and that's the stuff that I think this feud needs because you can't just re- they 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 lazily plan out programs for Charlotte like it's the and I don't know if it's so much her that whether she wants to do certain things or not, or I don't know if it's them, but there's not enough latitude with just her in in, in variety in her programs. They all kind of lean on the same thing at the end of the day. I think yeah. they need to do something different and they need to do it, you know, quickly. Cause yeah, I no one gives a shit about this feud. No. No. Oh. And if they if they have any hope of making it the main event of of one of the nights of WrestleMania, I guess night one of WrestleMania, because <laughs> let's be honest, it ain't right. gonna main event night two. It's not main event in yeah. the one. If if Roman and Brock is on your night, you know, you're not. Working. Yeah, no, no, they're they're main eventing night one for sure. Yeah, if they if they have any hope of making it the main event of night one and making it feel like the main event of not one of night one and 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 not just like a what's one of the worst WrestleMania main events? I don't even know, but they need to. They really need to to step it up on the hmm. build what is one of the worst wrestlemania main events chris jericho versus triple h i just watched and <laughs> that was pretty bad <laughs> yo triple h triple h I'll, I'll say this he has he has great matches on wrestlemania but what fucks him up is the placement on the card almost every single time he's always overshadowed almost. he's almost always overshadowed yeah um, and like because even even him and Orton, right? That match wasn't that bad, against, but it's just like. But it went uh, went after Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. Yeah, shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't have been the main event. And then even him and Brock, Triple H and Brock at, at Mania. Very, I don't even remember it. Very good match. <laughs> very good match. I believe I believe it was at WrestleMania twenty nine, New York, the the New York Mania. Yep. Very good match. Completely overshadowed because I think if I remember correctly, it went between. The streak match and then Rock Undertaker. Yeah. And so, you know, he's it's just that that card placement really fucked them up. But um if you go watch those matches in isolation, fun matches. If you watch them as part of the show, it's like you're ready for you're ready for a break. 
Absolutely. Is, um, no, no, no. You're you're completely right. Hopefully, Charlotte um, and Lana don't suffer from a bit of that. But if they try to go on last, they just might. That that should be the opener, honestly. Uh, you're 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 absolutely right because what we're seeing on Raw, we're gonna get into Raw in just a little bit, but what we're seeing on Raw is a little bit completely different. Um, another, I'm gonna run through the last couple bits of SmackDown. First of all, Pat McAfee beats up Austin Theory, which I thought was tremendous. We knew he had feet. Now he has hands and feet, (laughs) which is not gonna be, it's not gonna bode well for for Austin Theory. I like how they played it out. It's like, you got to remain professional in these moments. Michael Cole's like, come on, guy. You got to remain professional in these <laughs> moments. You can't just beat up people from the... And I was like, as if you've ever had to do that in your life, Michael Cole. Come on. <laughs> like, come on. People beat you up the announce bowl. You haven't even offended yourself because you're an announcer? F out of here. Oh, Let him beat up Austin Theory. Boy. I'm still confused with all of the country that Austin Theory gets on both shows because he's beating up Finn, too. And I'm just like, bro, like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, listen, somebody believes in him, and, and it's starting to make me buy in, too. It's like, yo, this insufferable little asshole is everywhere. Like, can somebody deal with it, this kid, please? <laughs> please? Uh, you know what? You're you're right. You're absolutely right. But it looks like Pat McAfee will be the one to deal that blow to Austin Theory. Um, Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville feud gets taken to another level. I liked a little, you know... While they didn't have a moment, truly a big moment on the show this week, I think the biggest moment was on the internet for them putting out Sami Zayn's real phone number on the internet. Well, you know, real work phone number on the internet and people blowing up his phone, which I thought was a very on-brand move. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I'm i just like, yo, why didn't they? I'm glad they didn't do something like that before. But just the whole mm-hmm. thing is is hilarious because do you remember how it started with him saying, "Oh, I got Johnny Knoxville's number." He texted him and like sent him a selfie, like a weird, yeah, yeah. a weird selfie at that. Like it was, it was just like <laughs> if the, you haven't the, seen it, it's, I can't even describe it. it. It's great shit. It's, it's weird. And then Johnny Knoxville <laughs> flew his number over over Los Angeles, and TMZ picked it up, oh. and then and then they were off to the races. Um, Absolutely, but yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the match of Mania now. I, I'm I bought in. I'm like, oh, okay, Same. y'all got me. Y'all Same. got me. And I, I have never liked Jackass. Never. Neither, no. neither have I. None neither have I. Justin says the movies are. Justin says the movies good. No, I don't believe him. <laughs> I don't believe him. I don't believe him. Uh, Not buying it. Um, Justin's highbrow. He's like a filmy, like a ooh. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Now. He's I'm not- like. No, I don't believe him. <laughs> I don't believe him. Um, other things that are, I guess, being solidified for this card, the Usos versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Boogs are at Mania. I would not be surprised if they add anyone else to this match just because it seems like they're doing that to all the tag team matches. Yeah, that's um, why they can't, man. That's why they can't. They can't have three triple threat matches for the tag team championships. I feel like WrestleMania is the year where you want to get everyone on the card, but they're slowly realizing that they're going to have to be a lot more creative in the ways to get a lot of people on this card or just people won't be on the card. Um, yeah. I'm okay with that. People just not being on the card. I'm, yeah. It's not, it's I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm perfectly fine with it. The Usos spent 10 years before they reached a WrestleMania. I think everyone, most of the people are young. They're new. They'll get there. Um, and then also sidebar. It just hit me as I was on the way here looking at SmackDown stuff. This Drew McIntyre-Corbin feud has been going on since 2021. 
Like this is the long this is the longest feud that we've had going on leading into this WrestleMania, maybe besides like Brock and Roman. But no, I didn't even realize Lord, man. I didn't even realize that it, it's, it's been, been going that long. It's been going on since Jeff Hardy was still in the company. Like <laughs> so, so for ages. Ages, bro. Like, and now well, let me ask you a question. It is how do you feel about Jeff Hardy debuting AEW this week? We all or last week rather. We all knew it was gonna happen. Um I mean, yeah, that's the only way to describe it. We all knew it was gonna happen. Jeff Hardy clearly has a has a lot left in the tank. Um, I don't take too much of an issue with it. It's just that he's going right in to to another Hardy Boys run. And yeah. that's the part where it's just like Math, it's the it's the Matthew. constant it's the it's Matthew. that's always been the reset of every portion of his career. I think you can mark every portion of his career in terms of like the era of it. The reset has always been the Hardy Boys return, and then one of them gets injured, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. now they're solo. It's literally been all it's it's been the, or it gets fired or whatever the fuck it is, um, and it's always been the same trip. I'm for it. Um, in AEW is, but to be honest, there's been a lot of debuts in AEW as of late. I'm struggling to see where all this is going to end up. People talking about ROH needs to be their developmental NXT show. I'm like, so smack in the face to ROH. To ROH, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Number two, it just complain about WWE ECW. This is (laughs) when AEW debuted, right? And mm-hmm. they had a moment where I think Dean Ambrose was the New Japan U.S. champion or something like that. But I, I forget mm-hmm. I forget exactly what the circumstances were. But they were pulling people from indie bookings, right? And I was just like, yeah. oh, they're the ones that's going to kill the indies, not WWE. Everybody said WWE killed the indies, but all these indies have been thriving, even as people were saying that WWE is doing that. AEW is going to be the one to actually kill off the indies. And now here we are, Ring of Honor is dead, and now you're talking about making Ring of Honor AEW's NXT. That's that's disrespectful to all the vets who disres- come out of there and who are still there. Absolutely. The Briscoes are still yeah. there. <laughs> it, it, I would not. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that entity. I'd be shocked, considering it still feels like they or trying to figure out what they're doing between dynamite rampage and all the other stuff. They seem to find a mix of like, all right, rampage, we're going to put these people and on dynamite, we're going to put these people Um, with ROH in the mix. Yeah. I'm not sure. And that's what makes it disrespectful, right? Because they've, they've been trying to sort of accelerate their path to replicating WWE success to the point where they have been an unnecessary unnecessary amount of shows just to mm-hmm. try to pump out content so they can go to HBO Max. Yeah, okay. So they can go to HBO Max or wherever else and say, we have content for a streaming library. Can we get a similar deal to what WWE has on Peacock? That's the only reason that Dark exists, <laughs> Dark Elevation, you know, they they jumped the gun to Rampage when Dynamite should have been their focus and they should have sort of ebbed and flowed with how, you know what, I'm not going to try to tell Tony Khan how to run his business, but um, ROH would be a fifth show on top of that? 
It's just a lot. Good lord. Huh. It's a lot for Tony Khan uh. to manage, and I haven't seen him manage what he has to manage very well. You know what I mean? And this no. is this is aside from both football teams, the American and the European football teams that he has to worry about. So it's like, yo, his plate is full, man. His plate, his plate is fucking full. I don't think he can do it, but we'll see. I've been wrong before. Absolutely. Um, WWE raw. I am a visionary. I am a revolutionary. I am Seth. And I have a plan, but I want my best friend to be out here. I want to share the excitement with Kevin Owens. So, Kev, come on down. You have a talk show. That's right. The KO Show. Mm -hmm. And your guest at WrestleMania is going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. (laughs) But what if, what if, what if... I also had a talk show, right? Like, like freaking speaking with Seth freaking Rollins or, uh, or hey, I could bring back the Rollins report from, from way back in the day and, and hey, hey, check it out, check it out. Uh, what, what if, what if my guest, <laughs> what if my guest was Stone Cold no, Steve Austin? What? No. What? No. Stone Cold Steve Austin's my guest. I have a talk show at WrestleMania. You can't, you can't, you can't have a talk show. You can't. This is nonsense. This is not a good plan. I, I'm fully behind you coming up with a plan, but this no, no, ain't no. it. Okay, you know what? Look, you here's know what? the thing. You need, you, you need to just think different. Let's go back. You have your no, 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 fancy no, no, no. bus right, back you're there. Right, you're right. Becky Kevin, and the baby are Kevin, over. Let's go you're see right, them. You're right. There can't be two talk shows on WrestleMania. Right. There can only be one talk show at WrestleMania. Right. So here's what we do. We have a match right here what? tonight. And the winner has the talk no. show on WrestleMania. And their guest is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. God, why didn't I think of this sooner? No. Yes. No. This is absolutely no. a great no. idea. No, no. He's, listen. I had the idea first. He's my guest. I already pissed him off. He's coming for me. He's my guest. Get your own idea. It's mine. Don't I need this, Kevin. I need it. I need no, this. I need this it. This is WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. And it was my idea. What are you doing this for? Why are you doing this to me? What are you, man? I'm not doing this to hold you. On, I'm doing this for on. me. Hold on. Hold on. Hold <laughs> on. Uh, okay. Now, I must admit, I kind of like Seth's idea. What? So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you boys some time because tonight in the main event, it's going to be Kevin Owens versus Seth freaking Rollins. Yes. 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 No. And wait, 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 Seth. If you beat Kevin Owens tonight, you will replace him at WrestleMania. No. Why? Are you? Thank you. Wow. So his plan is to replace Kevin Owens. We have one question. Where's Cody? (laughs) (laughs) Many people. Three hours of Monday Night Raw. I'm like, is this the night? They're in Jacksonville. I thought it was Cody time. 
I thought it was Cody I time. thought it was Cody time too. I was like, okay, they're playing a little bit coy because I love, to be honest with you, I love that that promo with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens at the beginning of the show. Trust me, to me, the main event made no sense to have, but I get they're doing it as part of Seth Rollins' story, but it felt like another instance of like, okay, we have three hours of this show. <laughs> yeah. Like, we need to have a match and the match went long. It went damn near half an hour. I know. Um, That's why I thought something was going to happen. I was like, <laughs> entrances at 1030. There's no yeah. way this is just going to end with a bell ringing. <laughs> Cody, I mean, it's a... <laughs> We're... All right. So what's your... What's your... What's, I don't know. I can't ask you your thoughts on it because... It's all speculation. It is I think speculation. everyone, the only people who know whether Cody are coming or WWE and Cody at the end of the day. Um, right. Now, we've speculated that Cody is indeed coming. He did not come this week, um, which is which is fine. I, I thought mean, he was, it is though, because even like they're in Jacksonville and then Byron Saxton and, and Jimmy Smith, Jimmy Smith, Jimmy. They were both like leaning into the nightmare talk on the commentary. I don't know if you heard that, but like, oh, Seth WrestleMania Dream is turning into a nightmare. I'm like, okay, Jacksonville nightmare. Are they gonna get an overrun? And then nope, they went right into like Chicago Fire or whatever the fuck rerun they were trying to <laughs> put on after Monday Night Raw. But it's like, all right, no, no, Cody, not this week. But it does feel like the rumors are true and that he's going to pop up and he's going to pop up on Seth in in some capacity. I just have no idea how they get there. And I thought that Jacksonville made the most sense. <sighs> I definitely watched three hours of Raw thinking Cody was going to show up. I was like, oh, I'm ready. Come on. I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen, to be honest with you. I didn't know what was going to happen. But there's still time. There is. There's still time. And I truly do believe that People are saying, oh, there's no time to tell the story of the feud. I think the story of this feud is through Seth Rollins at the end of the day. And I think they're talking about Seth Rollins' journey to WrestleMania. They're talking, they're having him in a kind of similar fate that Kevin Owens is. I thought it was even the main event told the great story of Seth Rollins, you know, trying to figure out his path to WrestleMania while Kevin Owens kind of reaffirming his, like, the amount he wants, he's got Stone Cold Steve Austin, but now he really wants Stone Cold Steve Austin, even so much that he would, I guess, beat his friend um, to retain. Seth deserved it, though. <laughs> Tried to swagger jack him, like, this close to the finish line? <laughs> Are you serious? That segment was tremendous. Like, that segment was so awesome. It was like, what if we have a match? And he's like, no, why would you do that? Then fucking... um. What's my what's my girl's name? Sonya Deville comes out and is like, I want to book the match. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this is awesome. Um, nonetheless, we're here. It's going, I mean, Kevin Owens is definitely still having his talk show with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It'll be on WrestleMania Saturday night. Um, and we're still figuring out the road for Seth Rollins. Can we get Will freaking Cody? Can we get freaking speaking on Sunday night? Freaking speaking. I mean, we could get freaking speaking. We could get freaking speaking. I'm if I had to do if I had to say something, I would say they're not doing this feud for a reason. They're well, they're not doing the story for a reason. I do think Cody is going to eventually show up. I think so too. And like I it's to the point where 
you know, I always say like if you if you believe something, you will see the clues everywhere you look, even if it's not there. And that's that's where I am now with Cody because even when Seth was like, "Oh, I'm a revolutionary. I'm a visionary. I'm Seth freaking right." I'm like, "Revolution, revolutionary." Cody mm-hmm. led the revolution. Cody is going to take exception to that and be out here by the end of the night to confront him and say that he's the, like, mind you, he's been saying that since he saw um, the Fred Hampton biopic. Like the timeline on it is is right there. So he's been he's been saying that since then. Has nothing to do with Cody, but in my mind, I'm like, that's the line that's going to bring out. Cody to confront him and even like I said with the commentary referring to nightmares all of a sudden I'm like nightmares nobody's had a nightmare in WWE before so is he here this he has to right. be under, <laughs> under contract I feel like they yeah I think they're they're definitely playing they're playing it up whether he's I mean there's still the, also also the possibility but I don't get what the other possibility is if he's not there like was it like what would live up I would say the only other thing so my sadistic mind I was like yo what if it because i like chaos and like seeing the world burn i was like yo what if it ends up being shane mcmahon <laughs> yeah they should bring would... shane mcmahon as a as as a swap out anyway i guarantee it would be the biggest amount of heat that he would get and also would be the most dissatisfying thing like next <laughs> week i believe they're in chicago um or at least rosemont um so whatever happens there is going to get a big reaction no matter so, what too by the way which is why you always want to be in Chicago before, like on the road to WrestleMania, because you're gonna absolutely. Get that so we will see. I mean, where's Cody? No idea, but we're we're waiting. We're waiting for something. Um, I didn't get a chance to talk about this. Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about this last week. But Edge has got a brand new character. He's got new music. He's able to flip it to something maniacal. Um. This man watches a lot of movies. That's all I get about this character. I was like, yo, he watches a lot of movies. Like, for him to transform into this new edge just very quickly. Yeah. Um, I know it's inspired by some movie. Um, but also, I feel like this is this is the edge that's closer to a world title birth than probably any, probably than the edge we've seen over the last two years. Easily. Yeah, and like, uh, like, listen, I've been calling that previous heel run of Edge that I know you love just as much as I love, Evil Edge, mm-hmm. and I was wrong. This, this is Evil Edge, because like, oh, this is yeah that guy we this knew is megalomaniacal. Cap- yeah, that guy we knew it was capable. This Edge is just like he's he's on another level, and it's it's crazy because he's already in the Hall of Fame. Already an insane amount of world championship runs between the WWE championship and the world championship. Mm-hmm. Had a had a nice WrestleMania streak going until he ran into the streak. I think that was a title match also. So like he's done it all. He's he's held every single championship that was available to him when he was active. Um the only championship that's escaping him now is the Universal Championship. Absolutely. King of the Ring, Money in the Bank, Royal Rumble. He's Multiple. got it all. Yeah. He's done it all. So there should be no more levels. He he's he married a Hall of Famer. Like, there should be no more levels. And yet, here he is. At a, with a, another level. 
in a blue light. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's incredible. He's incredible. The mark of a superstar is how, you know, of a long lasting superstar has always been the ability to reinvent yourself within a moment or, or adapt to a moment. And that's what Edge has done during this run. And I think he's having a lot of fun during this run. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in AJ Styles returns. He returns next week, which should be a great reaction for that. Um, but I like the new character and I like the yeah, new music. Same. So. Same. And hey, um, Edge needs to just roll over it, run through AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Just like evil Edge. Absolutely. Man. He needs to just he needs to just go. We got a couple other matches, you know, preparing for it. Well, I'll say this. I'll say this before I get to the, the tag team title match. The Bianca and Becky Lynch match, even albeit injury to Becky Lynch, um, which I guess hampered or at least threatened the main, you know, threatened the, the, my main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> but at least threatened, <laughs> at least threatened um, one of the biggest matches at WrestleMania. They're still making it work. I mean, you know what? We get a little, you know, back and forth action. They're playing off of the the throat thing that Becky Lynch has suffered um, and the, the beating with the hair and stuff like that. And they're absolutely putting that into the feud. I'm looking forward to Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. We've seen it multiple times before. But again, like I said, when you compare this to the SmackDown feud, it's a lot more dynamic. It's a lot more moving. Um, there's a lot more people involved. It doesn't seem yeah. very static as the other one. It seems very, you know, Bianca Belair is facing other people. She's dealing with other things. I mean, yes, she's KOD do drop for like the fifth time now, but Go for it works. It's, yeah, <laughs> it still works. It, it still works for me. I'm still in awe every time it happens. Um, but we got that feud rolling. Um, it looks like we've solidified RK Bro versus the Street Profits for WrestleMania. But it looks like the Alpha Academy also wants. Oh, I was waiting for. Some, you, was, you was asking where the sirens are before I this. Know. We haven't heard a siren yet, by the way. I've this been, I've been, I've been strategic time. with the mute button. There's been sirens. Because, <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so the, the, see, the listeners don't know. Before we went on, I was I was going to set up a set up a drinking game. Like, listen. A, and, a, and a guessing game where the sirens come from Brooklyn or Philly. Mm. Um, but then meals, <laughs> but meals, I'm not, I'm not in Brooklyn. Meals right is now. in a secret location. He's not, uh, it's a, it's a yeah, sir, siren proof, siren proof room. And now if the fire alarm goes off, that's a different story. Like if that goes off, I was like, yo, if an alarm goes off, it's going to be a different story. Yeah. Um, so every siren was going to be me. And that, I couldn't have that. So absolutely. <laughs> it's strategic with the, um, RK Bro versus the Street Profits Alpha Academy seems to have a thing. We could have another, you know, big tag team title match. We're also looking at possibly Damian Priest versus Finn Balor heading into that match. So WrestleMania is shaping up. It's two nights. There's maybe or may not be enough room for everybody, but there will be a lot of matches on the card. Um, but that's been the shows this week. Thank you, Greg, for joining you know, co-hosting with me on this episode of the A Show, this Justinless episode of the A Show. No, thank you for having me, man. I, I appreciate. It. Like I, like I told you, you know, when you put up the bat signal, you made the call. I had to, I had to figure out how I was gonna, how I was gonna be here. So I'm glad. And we, listen, I'm, we made it you, work relatively easy too. I think. Absolutely, and when you go to Barcelona, and when you see Justin, just let him know how this thing went. Yeah, I'm going to tell him it went, it went amazing. If you would like to take another week off, then I will always be here. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, you can listen to Greg GP podcast. I preferably on Spotify. Yes, if you had to, at the Spotify. Ring of Wrestling, the Ring of Wrestling Network on Spotify. Make sure you search for it there. You listen to it there. You have plenty of takes and stuff like that, especially with everything that's going on this week. You can listen to the A Show, of course, the A Show on RNC Radio. Um, pretty much everywhere where you subscribe to podcasts, we will be there. And you can also follow us at the A Show RNC on Twitter. Pay the, um, pay the five dollars to get that special Patreon content that you can only get here from the page. A Show. Boom, and you can binge the entire X8 Diary. You can binge the Invasion Diaries that leads into the X8 Diaries, and I may do the Draft Diaries after this and just mm. fill out the rest of 2001, 2002, 2000. I got to get you on one of these things, because we be going back in the years. In 2002, we've talked about so much stuff from 2002 that's not professional wrestling. I think you would love it. Yeah, um, I definitely need to be on one of these, man. I, I've been listening to a couple of the episodes. I tapped in, and I, I, I enjoy it. So absolutely please, like, oh actually actually i'm about to sorry to break you up but um just on twitter we dropped our top 10 wrestler performers list um l- how about you rate our list all right okay. so number 10 number 10 we have charlotte this number is nine we have brock Lesnar. yeah this is current yeah okay. yeah th- no this is all time this is all time this, oh, this is all time. time okay okay number 10 Oh, you're going to be mad at this list. I know why already. Um, <laughs> number 10, Charlotte. Number nine, Brock Lesnar. Number eight, Randy Orton. Number seven, Seth Rollins. Number six, Edge. Number five, Roman Reigns. Number four, Triple H. Number three, John Cena. Number two, Shawn Michaels. And number one, The Undertaker. Top 10 WrestleMania performers. Um, I know you're immediately going to have a problem with it. Yeah, where's where's my guy at, man? It's Brett. How many how many WrestleManias has Brett been at? Actually, Brett held Brett it's held the record for most WrestleManias in a row at one point. He was at every Ooh, WrestleMania from two to thirteen. Holy crap! He uh, was in the the WrestleMania Battle Royal. Um, I believe he was runner up to Andre the Giant at WrestleMania two. WrestleMania mm. four, he lost the battle royal to Bad News Brown. But I, but I point this out. I point out that WrestleMania two battle royal because that is the battle royal that gave us the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Could have Ooh. easily been the Bret Hart Memorial Battle Royal if Bret Hart passed Ooh. away and he won the battle royal. But that's we're gonna leave that alone. <laughs> WrestleMania. He should still do that. I mean, I'm I'm not mad at a Bret Hart Memorial Battle Royal to be honest he, with you. He has been in. I mean, he's still alive. He's still alive. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> um, we love Brett. <laughs> WrestleMania Tag Team Championship matches, uh, Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania. Mm. Famously, is the first person to pin Roddy Piper in the WWE to win the Intercontinental Championship. Um, you know, the the WrestleMania, the one good match on WrestleMania 11. With Bob Backlund of all people, the <laughs> Iron Man match, uh, and then you know stakes his claim to one of the greatest matches of all time. Of all time, it's so hard. I, I think it's so hard because this generate like this generation is so re- far removed from that generation. But when I watched, I I didn't watch it live, obviously. But when I watched that WrestleMania 13 match, I was like, oh, I get it. 
Yeah, this and, is good. Yeah, and and this the, I, I point to that match anytime anybody tries to question me about why Brett is the goat and why he's the best, I point to that match and just to say that he is the master. Not just the, and I'm not just talking about the double turn and the character stuff that happens in that match, but here is a man, and I said this earlier too. Like I th- we don't even know what we're watching sometimes. Mm-hmm. He blades Stone Cold Steve Austin. In the audience, in full view of Vince McMahon and all these paying customers, three cameras on him, at least, you don't see it. You never see, you never see the blade. <laughs> you never see the blade. He does this in front of everyone. And then that <laughs> that blood, that bit of blood, is what makes Stone Cold and the moment in the sharpshooter and everything. And like I said, he does this in front of everybody because he could, and you never see it. Go back and watch that match. You cannot, you cannot see the blade in his hand. I'm a, the only reason I I'm know when it happens shit. is because he says it later in an interview. I think it was with edge and Christian of like, listen, this is what we did. And this is when we did it. And we convinced Vince that it was hard way and blah, blah, blah. But it's like <laughs> the best, the best, to ever do it, man. The best, the best to ever do it. Period. End of story. And I that, love that it. performance alone should have put him on top ten. I mean, listen, I know he's I in the home touch, move, man. Maybe Charlotte. When, Charlotte can when, get out of there. Charlotte could probably get out of there. Charlotte. Nah, you're you're probably right. Yeah. Charlotte could probably get out of there. Um, nah, you're right. Oh my god, that's amazing. That's an amazing story. Listen, make sure you sub- say subscribe to us. Let us know what you think about the list. Let us know what you think about Bret Hart, all this other stuff. The A-Show RNC, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Boom.